Hey, y'all. Morning, how we doing? Good, good. All right, we'll wake up. Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> well, hey, my name's Connor Doyle, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I am pumped to hang out with you guys today. Some of you, I know you guys know me. Some of you don't know me. Uh, my wife and I, we live here on the west side of Cincinnati. Uh, we have two boys. We have a 10-month-old and a three-year-old, so we don't get much sleep, you know, um, but we're, we're, we're surviving, it's great, y'all. Uh, we love uh, hanging out outside, we love eating food, uh, we love hanging out with friends and family. Uh, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, please come up after the service, for service and I would love to meet you. Um, and hey, I just have to take a 30 second timeout and just say, um, we had one of our students uh, who got baptized, which is awesome. Yeah. And we had another student in the water with Ryan and the other student, his name is Ian. And Ian, I'm sorry to embarrass you, dude, but Ian's over here on this camera. Can y'all wave at him and give him a big clap? So Ian, dude, you're, you baptized somebody today. <laughs> you're on the camera serving Jesus today. I just wanna take just a second and say, dude, I see you. I'm proud of you, man, well done. Thank you for setting an example for us. Yeah. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how to be a good neighbor. We talked about how to be a good neighbor in your schools and how to be a good neighbor to the kid on the fringes and how to be a good neighbor to the foster child and to local businesses. Two weeks ago, our senior pastor, John, he invited his son Noah up to come and share. And wow. I'm so encouraged by Noah and I am so proud of him. And by the way, it's really, really, really cool to see a dad and a son, a father and a son up on stage together. But y'all, it's a whole nother level when a father and son are up on stage together, making the name of Jesus famous. Isn't that cool? Like, I think that's so awesome. I have two sons. I want that, right? And so you guys, I just, wanna, I just wanna take another time out and ring the bell and just say, y'all, if a guy loves Jesus, if his wife loves Jesus, if his kids who are teenagers, by the way, love Jesus, then we should stop to hear what he has to say, okay? And last week, um, I was bummed. I, I didn't get a chance to be here. I missed out on hearing my man, uh, Donnie Harper. Uh, Donnie is a local business owner of a company called Good Accompany Apparel. This is, their, this is their logo. You might see some people hanging out today with this logo on. Uh, that's, that's Donnie Harper's company. And I love what his company, Good Company, stands for, which is to keep God company and to keep good company with our neighbors. So hey, today I just wanna, uh, I just wanna say y'all, for those of you who have started back up with school, uh, been thinking about you guys and praying for you all, uh, for you students, for you teachers, for you admins, I hope that your first couple weeks go extremely well. I have to admit though, uh, this part of the year, it was always mixed emotions for me, right? Like college football seasons right around the corner, amen, Reed. Like, you know, uh, it was like college, uh, uh, high school golf was about to start up. But on the flip side, like it's allergy season, you know, like, and God just didn't let, like, I, God help me here, you know. And uh, maybe some of you suffer with me and with bad allergies, like we suffer together, okay. And, and the thought of like a, a whole entire school year ahead of me, like I got two semesters, come on, man. Anyway, 
mixed emotions for me. Um, if this is your first time, we're so glad you're here. We love you. Today, I'm talking about how to love our neighbor, like our physical neighbor, like literally the person who lives next to us. And we all have neighbors, right? We all live by someone, whether they are in an, in an apartment below you or across the street from you or in the dorm room beside you, we all have neighbors. So I want you to think right now about your neighbors. I want you to just go ahead and picture them, get their, get their faces in your, in your mind. Okay, so got it? You guys good? You got, got your neighbors in your head? Okay, cool. So now I wanna have some fun before we get started. And I don't know about you, but I've had some really great neighbors. And I've had some not so great neighbors, right? Uh, and so, you know, the reality is that every family, like whether we like it or not, we have neighbor-like quirks, right? Like we come in all different shapes and sizes and weirdnesses. And so here are a, different, uh, a couple different types of neighbors. Maybe you're this neighbor. Maybe you have a neighbor like one of these neighbors. So the first is this, it's the animal neighbor. The animal neighbor. This is the neighbor whose children is their pets, right? Like this is cat guy, this is puppy lady. This is the couple like walking the dog every day, same time, same place. Like the cool animal neighbors, they let you pet their dog and they pick up the poop, you know. Um, but the dark side is when you want to poison the fur ball because they bark at night. I'm, I'm just being real, okay? Like you're thinking it, I'm just saying it, right? I got a meme here. I love this. I don't always bark at the neighbor's dog, but when I do, it's at two in the morning. <laughs> the next is the green neighbor. This is the neighbor who takes better care of their yard better than you and I take care of our teeth. Like their grass is always green, right? The weeds have been cast out in the name of Jesus. Like these people taking care of their lawn is their spiritual gift, okay? John sent me this meme earlier this week. Whatever you do in life, don't be this neighbor, okay? Like if you take one thing from my message today, don't be that neighbor, okay? The next is the talkative neighbor. The talkative neighbor, yeah. Um, so I have like 5,000 words that God allotted me to say every day, you know? Like, and, and Abby knows, my wife, she's sitting over here. Uh, she knows that if I use all of my 5,000 words, I'm done after that. Like, I have nothing else to contribute to the conversation, right? But these people, like, the supply chain shortage, no problem for them, right? Like, they have this unlimited supply of words, and they're great. Like, you know what they're thinking, you know their story, you know what they're going through, and you didn't even have to ask, right? Like, lo love the talkative neighbor. Here's a meme here. Yeah, when you want to get to mail... I just wanna get the mail with the extra friendly neighbors outside so that mail can wait until tomorrow morning. Amen. Uh, the next is the package delivery neighbor. This is me, right? Like this is the reason why you bought Amazon stock. Like boxes are everywhere all the time. Check out this, this meme here. This is when I go out to get the package. This is my precious. <laughs> You can take that meme down now, that's kind of scary. <clears throat> Here's the truth. You can't control your neighbors or the neighbors you have, but you can control how you love them. And loving our neighbor is actually really important. Like it was certainly important to Jesus, 
Jesus said it like this. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Can you guys help me read this? Love your neighbor as yourself. To Jesus, two things mattered in life more than anything else. Love God, love your neighbor. In 2009, about 20 church pastors, church leaders in the Denver area, they gathered together to talk about how as churches they could partner to love their city in the Denver area. And this group of pastors, I, I love this, they invited the mayor to come and speak and to speak into issues of, uh, of the things that are going on in the Denver area. And the conversation revealed a laundry list of issues in the city, including things like at-risk kids and, and child hunger and drug and alcohol abuse and loneliness and elderly shut-ins with no one to look on them and, and so on. And then the mayor said something in the meeting that according to the pastor, uh, one of the pastors in the meeting, his name was Jay Pathak, he said, this inspired our joint church movement. Here's what the mayor said. The majority of the issues that our community face, is facing would be eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. Pastor Jay Pathak went on to write, Later, the mayor explained that he, that he would often, when people would identify a problem, they would come up to a civic official and say something like, this is becoming a serious issue, so you should start a program to address it. The mayor shared candidly with us that, in his opinion, government programs aren't always the most effective way to address social issues. He went on to say that relationships are more effective than programs because they are organic and ongoing. The idea is that when neighbors are in relationship with one another, the elderly shut-in gets cared for by the person next door. And the at-risk kid gets mentored by the dad who lives on the block and so on and so forth. So one of the questions that I have for you today is, what if that mayor was right? Like not just for their city, but for our city. Like what if we really took Jesus seriously in loving our neighbor? Like what if this, this thing that's so simple was the answer to so many complex issues in our world? And y'all, um, I'll have to admit, when I was preparing for this message, I felt, I felt convicted. Um, I realized that even though I might be doing a pretty good job of loving people in our church family, I really don't do a good job of being a good neighbor or being very intentional to love people who are right next door to me. And the spirit hit me with this. I've been a pretty good pastor, but not a great neighbor. Mm. Ouch. That wasn't fun hearing. <laughs> Maybe you felt the same. Maybe you'd say that I've been a pretty good student, but not a great neighbor. Maybe you'd say that I've been a pretty great in business, but not a great neighbor. Maybe you say that I've been a pretty, pretty good mom, but not a great neighbor. And y'all, what's messed me up over the last few weeks about neighboring is that if it were so important to Jesus, then it should be important to me too. My wife and I, we've gotten better over the last few years and I'll share some things that have helped us, but this message, y'all, I needed to hear it. 
And my hope is that after our conversation today, you will be motivated and given practical ways to connect with your physical neighbor. And by the way, this isn't optional, right? It's a command. It's a, it's a must from Jesus. You know who thought that this was optional? Um, there's a story in the Bible in Luke chapter 10. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Maybe you've read it before. If you haven't read the Good Samaritan, you have homework this week. You have maybe more homework this week than what you already have. But go back and read uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus tells the story in Luke chapter 10 of this guy who's, who's walking down this road. He's on a road trip and this dude gets jumped by some robbers and he's left for dead. And the way that Jesus tells the story is that after some time had passed, there was a man who was walking on the same road and was approaching this left for dead guy on, on the side of the road. And Jesus said that this guy was a priest. This guy was, was clergy. This guy was, uh, he worked for his religious organization or institution. And the way that Jesus put it is if this guy left for dead is right here, it wasn't like the priest just like, walked right beside him. It was almost as if, as Jesus is telling the story, that he walked on the other side of the road to try to avoid this dude. And the story goes on and Jesus said, yeah, there was another guy who was walking down this road and he was a Levite. And a Levite would have been a, a high capacity person who would have donated so much time and so much of their talent and so much of their money to a religious organization or institution. And Jesus said that this dude, this Levite, here's the man like laying down, like bleeding out, left for dead. And the Levite did the same thing as the priest. He didn't just walk right on by, like he walked on the other side of the road. And Jesus doesn't say the reason for why the priests and the Levites like just walked, just blew right on by this guy. Like, I don't know, maybe they were late for a meeting. Like maybe they looked over and they were just like, oh, that's kind of a messy situation. Like, I don't wanna get hurt too. I don't wanna get like blood on my robe. Like, I, I don't know, like who knows? We never know. Here's what, here's what my guess is, is that they never connected their relationship with God to their relationship with their neighbor. Jesus, Jesus said it like this um, later on in, in, in the book of Luke. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, fishing was a normal occupation back in the time of Jesus. Much of his audience would have understood the concept of fishing. So I have a question for you guys. Do we have any fishermen, fisherwomen in the house? Like any of you guys like really, really talented at fishing? I see a hand over here. We see, we got any other fish? Okay, we got one right here. Any other fishermen or fisherwomen? Okay, right here. Yeah, awesome, cool. Uh, so yeah, um, me on the other hand, <laughs> I'm like a fish whisperer, okay? Um, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I am terrible at fishing. Like, I know you're thinking a pastor who can't fish, you're wondering, I, I know it sounds fishy. Um, ben, that was for you. <clears throat> um, like I'd rather be running on the treadmill and moving a friend at the same time before fishing, okay? Like I just, I hate fishing. Like I never catch anything, but my son likes fishing. So I, you know, I, I fish. Um, 
we were up at Lake Erie this past weekend and I promised my dude that I would go fishing with him. Um, here's a picture of us, we we're on a kayak. He's like roaring, uh, maybe he scared all the fish away. That's, that's what I'm gonna go with today, okay? <laughs> yeah, and we didn't actually fish from the kayak, uh, but we didn't actually catch anything. So it's cooler to show a picture of us on a kayak than like, you know, like a like thumbs up with an empty hook while we're fishing. That's not cool. So as I was as I was sitting there fishing in great anticipation for a large fish to magically eat the worm that I worked so hard to hook, what Jesus said in this verse, it hit me. He said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of what? Men. I started to think about it in terms of being a good neighbor and was thinking about this message and, and, and I wrote some things down. I have some fishing thoughts for today, okay? Here we go. We're gonna jump into these fishing thoughts together. Number one, timing matters. If you go fishing in the morning or at night, you're more likely to catch a fish at Lake Erie. Am I right? I'm, I'm right. Okay, I know. It's timing matters. And you, you have to use the right bait for the right fish, for some fish, you gotta use worms and for other fish, you gotta use a spinner and for other fish, you gotta pray a lot. <laughs> I mean, I do, it doesn't, you know, try something else anyway. You can't force the fish to take the bait. Come on, stupid fish. You can't rush the process, right? And if you do, you'll ruin your cast and you'll have to start over again if you're using a bobber. See, y'all didn't know that you were gonna get a fishing lesson today, okay? like from the fishing master, okay. Here's, here's what I want you to see. Similar to how you and I, we might go fishing on a lake. Jesus said, hey, let's go fishing for people. And some of the same fishing principles apply. Timing matters with your neighbor. Like don't try to have a full on conversation with them as they're trying to leave for work. Maybe they aren't a morning person, so evenings are probably better to chat. <laughs> It could be that, that you guys are just hanging out and it needs to stay like a cool and casual conversation, which is great, but maybe they open up to you. Maybe a door is open that you have earned a trust to speak into their lives. Y'all, we gotta stop using the wrong bait. Like people don't want to be judged for what they aren't doing. They want to know that God has a plan for what they can do in the future. People don't wanna be converted, they want community. People don't want to go to a building that's referred to as a church, they want you to be the church to them in your neighborhood. Now listen y'all, I'm all for you inviting church. Cool, I, I love that. But what I'm more interested in is you investing in relationships right where you live. I was talking with a staff member this week and he was telling me that he invited some of his neighbors over for dinner and didn't seem to have much luck. And so he and his wife, a couple months later, they, uh, they got a hot tub, which is kind of cool. I want a hot tub. Uh, they got a hot tub. And so they decided, hey, maybe our neighbors would be interested in coming over to hang out with us in our, in our hot tub. And so they extended the invite and now their neighbors hang out in their hot tub. And now I want to be their neighbor right? Like use the right bait. Don't rush the process. Start with relationship. Like it would be weird if your neighbors, your brand new neighbors are moving in and you're like, hey, 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 um, do you know Jesus? Like you should get baptized and come to church with me. 
That would be weird, right? But when opportunities present themselves, have the courage to lead them well. Share your story or ask how they are doing. Maybe you're like, Connor, like this is great, but I don't even know my neighbors. Like I I don't, I don't know my neighbors. Great, here's your first step. Here is some more homework for you guys. Learn names, learn names, learn names, learn names, learn names. Um, don't be that guy, don't be that girl that walks up and you're like, hey, you, you know, hey, dude, you neighbor man of mine. Um, listen, y'all, I found that, the, that honesty is the best policy. So I've said things like, hey, we've been neighbors for a few months and I'm so sorry, I haven't caught your name, I'm Connor. And one more thing about fishing, what you fish for, it matters. Like we're all fishing for something and I'm not talking about the kind of fishing where you talk to your neighbor and try to learn the latest gossip. Like there's good fishing of information so that we can love better, like do that. But what I'm talking about is that we all have a a beautiful desire to fill our hearts, a life pursuit. That could be money or retirement or more followers or vacations or a degree or good health or, or a relationship. But here's what Jesus said to fish for with our whole lives. God and people, specifically our neighbors. I think most of us, have a desire to be a good neighbor. Like most of us, we wanna be a better neighbor, we wanna improve, we we care. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes there can be barriers that could keep us from being good neighbors. One of these barriers might be time, time. Like I'm so busy, I have so much going on and, and it's just crazy right now and it's just go, 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 go. Have you ever said that before? I know I have. Some of you are thinking like school's starting and sports is starting back up and now you're telling me I gotta spend more time with my neighbors? <laughs> Here, here's the thing, y'all. It, isn't this so true? We make time for what we care about. Like if we wanna do it, then we'll do it. Like we'll make time. Um, when, I, when I worked at the gym, I oversaw the sales for the whole entire gym and would talk to tons and tons of people who wanted to become more healthy. And the number one thing I would hear people say is, I I want to get healthier, but I just don't have time. And what I realized is that conversation after conversation after conversation is that people don't care enough to get healthy and get in the gym, period. But I had people who who would come in who were recently told they had high blood pressure or diabetes or or, or was starting to get on the spectrum for obesity and they were all in. I loved it. It was a whatever it takes mentality because they were desperate for change. Here's a question that I've been I've been pondering, I've been thinking through, and I and I invite you to, to ask this question with me. Will I get desperate enough to take Jesus seriously and carve out time for my neighbor? Will I do that? Like, I'm not asking to spend 20 hours a week with your neighbor, okay? But maybe next week or next month, you could carve out some time and invite them over for dinner or go to a park together or maybe sit in your front yard, sit in your front porch and make yourself more available. Another barrier might be this. Well, well, Connor, what if they don't like me? Well, chances are that some probably will, 
and some probably won't. But it's not our job to be liked. It's our job to love. It's not for them to like you, but for you to love them well. Another barrier might be this, like, what do I say? <laughs> what do I say, Connor? Like, I've never talked with them before. Be cool, man, be cool. It's all gonna work out, be cool. Talk about life, like figure out what they like and what they're passionate about. Remember that they aren't a project. They are people that God has entrusted you to pastor. Like some of you have great relationships with your neighbors. I love that. Like you have them over for dinner, you went to high school with them, you go to Red, Reds games on occasion. Like, that's great, that's awesome. But how are you intentionally leading them closer to Jesus? Another barrier might be, I'm, I'm scared. I, I'm, I'm generally terrified. Like I turn on the news and somebody got hit by a car and is COVID coming back again and is paleo back and we ju we're just in the recession, whatever that means. And shootings are happening everywhere. Go to talk to my neighbor. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm going back inside. Y'all, I, I, I wouldn't say this if I didn't love you. You know that, right? Um, turn off the news, please. Yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I'm just gonna read that again because I love that verse and it gives me goosebumps. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If we have feelings that cause fear, y'all, it's probably not from God. But if we have feelings that cause us to love and to get out of our comfort zone, that probably is from God. Another barrier might be they, they aren't like me. Like how they dress, what they drive, how they spend their time. I'm just not sure that we have anything in common. And I could say a lot on this, but, but here's, here's what I feel like I, I, I need to say to this barrier. Um, comparison is killer. You can either be in competition with your neighbor or in community with your neighbor, but you can't be both. I have a neighbor <laughs> um, who is not like me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Like for those of you who know me, like not much throws me off. And uh, this neighbor, well, he, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, two years ago, uh, he had an inspection done on his property. I, I don't know why, maybe he was thinking of selling or something, but come to find out that my fence was about a foot to three feet into his property. We had no idea when we bought our, our house. He told me that the fence needed to move. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, a foot? Like, I'll give you a memorandum of understanding that you can give to the buyer. and Certainly we can work this out, right? But but I really don't wanna move my fence. <laughs> and he didn't like that very much. So after, after pictures and, and videos and emails and texts and threats, I shared with him that I, I heard what he was saying. I, I wanted to be a good neighbor, but I just got bigger fish to fry, bro, than one foot. Like not only was COVID going on, but I had a, I had a busy toddler. I mean, y'all saw my toddler roaring on the kayak, you know, like I had a crazy puppy and not to mention taking care of my bleeding wife back at home, man. Like my wife has an autoimmune disease. And during that time, it was, 
it was scary. Like we didn't know if she was gonna have to have surgery. We were trying to figure it out. Like we just didn't know what was gonna happen. I had a hard enough time being a good neighbor to the people who lived under my roof, let alone the people who lived next to me. And come to find out, and this is just so how God works. (laughs) We hadn't heard from them in a while. And uh, I started to work on this message and I noticed that they weren't, they weren't out as much and I didn't see them around. So here I am, (laughs) I'm writing a message on how to be a a good neighbor to the people that live right next to you. And I'm like, no, God, I'm no, I'm not doing it. Like I'm not texting them. I did, I did, I did. I said something like, hey, haven't seen you guys in a while. I hope everything's going well with you and your family. And um, I uh, actually got a text back and it, and it said, battling cancer, sad emoji, but getting better, going through treatments. So I, I responded, of course, and I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I'd be, I'd be honored to pray for you. Um, let us know if you need anything. And now I just can't stop thinking about my neighbor, like this message. Dang it. (laughs) Like we had a staff retreat this past week and y'all, I want a gift card. Like there was a question, what's the the highest peak in the, like the 48 states? And I was like, ooh, Mount Whitney, I know that. So I I want a gift card in our staff retreat. And I was so excited. Like I was like, man, that's that's a cool. I'm, I'm gonna use that gift card. And as soon as the gift card touched my hand, I heard my neighbor's name. I heard the spirit lay it, lay it on me as clear as day. And I tell you that because I, I like not, not, not like being prideful or bragging. I was like, no, this is my gift card. I will buy more Amazon boxes. You know, like this is my gift card. But reluctantly, I knew it was never mine. And I, I gave it to them and and y'all, I can't stop thinking about my dang fence. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. Like fast forward, like two years later from, from, from when this all went down, like would Jesus have moved it? I, I don't know, maybe. I, could I have been a better neighbor? Yes. Could I have been more thoughtful? Could I have handled it more lovingly? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I wanna be a better neighbor and I wanna do whatever it takes to love well and to point them to Jesus. That's what I wanna do. So maybe you've had a neighbor like mine and you've had some conflict, (laughs) forgive them. Maybe you and your neighbors are cool, (laughs) which is great. Take a step, learn their names, read Luke 10, Ask God, what does this Good Samaritan story mean for me? Share your story of faith and how God is moving in your life. I feel like this is for somebody. Um, Maybe your next step is loving the neighbor who lives under your own roof. Take him on a date, give him a hug, tell him I love you, forgive them. Y'all, I'm convinced that the more you experience the gospel, the more inclined you will be to love your neighbor. 
like this whole neighbor thing. Like, do you realize that we were the broken neighbor? Like we were the messed up neighbor that, that like, like we, man, we messed it up. Like we're, we're in darkness, like our life. We were the broken neighbor and yet God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Like Jesus lived and he walked and he breathed and he died and he rose from the dead. Why? So that God could move into the neighborhood of your heart into my heart. This has been my prayer for you guys in preparation for this message, that maybe some of you for the very first time would experience intimacy with the Father that you've never experienced before. Do you know that you're his son? Do you know that you're his daughter? And he loves you so much like the stuff that we sing, the stuff that we say, like we're not making this stuff up. We're not kidding around, we're serious. God loves you so much. He wants to dwell in you. He wants a real intimate relationship with you. So I don't know about you, but this is a lot for me to process. Like, like loving my neighbor and allowing God to have intimacy with me, like coming into my heart. Like I, I just need a little bit of time to process. So me and, and Chris and our team, we, we wanna give you just a few moments to just sit and process and just ask God, God, what, what does this mean for me? What might be a next step for me in loving my neighbor? And God, what does it mean to allow you to come into my heart, invade my soul and change my life? Whatever you wanna do, God, do it. That's what I'm hoping that you guys would do in this time. So we're gonna take a little bit of time. We're gonna sing a little bit of a song and Chris is gonna lead us out. But let me pray for you, Heavenly Father. Thank you that you have loved us. Thank you that you are our first love. And because of you, we can go and we can love our neighbor. Would you help us to do that? Speak, Lord, in Jesus' name.